This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is a post combine Monday here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. It's in between week after the combine ends before the NFL year starts. You know what that means? Rumors galore all over the place. We'll be to register them and comment on them and either confirm or deny them as best our sources tell us. John McMullen, Jody McDonald with you. J Mac, are you all 40 timed out? Yeah, I am. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I think I got credit for a four-four-four. So everybody did. So why not throw me in the mix as well? Yeah, I. Yeah, come on, come on with them. I can't. Uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, Jody. I can't believe people take this stuff so seriously. No matter how many times I tell them it's not important in the overall evaluation. Now, if you crap the bed. That's that's important. But the vast majority of guys don't crap the bet. On the other hand, if you do show up and you have one of the best 40 times in the history, which, you know, a couple of kids did, they'll go back to the tape and they'll look at, okay, is there something else? But if you can't play, you can't play. And I was talking to one uh, scout yesterday, as a matter of fact, and he said, give me, give me 20 snaps of tape over the combine numbers. 20. That's it. And I'll give you more information. Not a full game, not three games, not a season. Twenty. That you know. So I look. I get it because the NFL plays it up and has turned it into this huge thing. But again, the combine was created for the medical evaluations, which, by the way, Jody, is the only information we don't get. Right. <laughs> and that's the most important information, and by far the most important information. I mean, think about it. We're in 2022, and we're still talking about DK Metcalf, and nobody, I, I shouldn't say nobody, because we scream it from the top of the mountains. He was a medical red chair. He was red flagged. He was red flagged 100 times. Now, Seattle decided it was worth the gamble. It worked out for him. But, you know, this 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 revisionist history of, oh, they misevaluated DK Metcalf. Well, maybe they would have. I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you that. But it never got to that point because their doctor said, no, you can't look at this kid until day three, period. End of sentence. Well, then they misevaluated him. It could be a different type of misevaluation, but a misevaluation is a misevaluation. Well, you know what I mean. I'm, how he's getting, uh, uh, you know, 
the credit or or the blame, usually the blame, not the credit. And there are certain decisions, and Nick talks about medical decisions as well during the season. You know, if if the doctors say somebody can't go, they can't go. Now, in a different era, you know, I always go to Jim Woods and um, any given Sunday, the movie, right. um, where he was the stereotypical under, I you know, not not the most above board doctor, and he would do anything to get him on the field. You know, and in, in, in the seventies and the North Dallas Sporty days, maybe that was the case. It's not the case today. It's it's not the case at all today. Yeah, I think more North Dallas Forty than any given Sunday. You know, but maybe that speaks to my age. Well, I went the doctor age. route. Yeah, the doc because uh, Jim Woods was uh, in North Dallas Forty. Then they're just not as famous to the younger generation. Right, but, better uh, movie though. You're I was going to say it's a better movie. So sorry, that's what I'm going to use as my reference. Better uh, movie. Here's a funny thing that I realized about myself as I was watching all the combine stuff that I did this weekend. From a purely Eagle perspective, and I got bad news for you, Eagle fans. You know I'm also a Jet fan. I've been a Jet fan my entire life, so I want to see the Jets do well and the Eagles do well. I was actually rooting for Kyle Hamilton to run slow because if he ran fast, then you got guys going sub four, three, and off the charts fast times, and everybody's eyes are bugging out because they're running so fast. And it seemed like, I said this on my CBS show over the weekend, and this is oftentimes uh, just pure speculation, so I'll speculate with the best of me here. It seemed like a fast track this year. I don't know if we've just got better athletes and faster guys, and we are progressing as an athletic group of individuals as time goes on. Uh, that's just a fact, Jack. Players just get more athletic and faster over time. This seemed to be a pretty big leap with the fast times that you got in the 40s and the verticals and everything else. But on the 40s, it seemed like a fast track that everybody was running fast. Kyle Hamilton didn't run all that fast. And I was perfectly fine with that because, like you already said here today, give me a football player. Don't tell me what his 40. I'll look at his 40 time and then I'll move on and get give me a look at his tape and let me see what he actually did, how he actually performed on the field in a football game. You and I are both mega fans of Kyle Hamilton. Shoot, I think he may be the most talented player in this draft. Position aside, best player. Uh, if he had run slow, then maybe, just maybe. And I've seen at least two mock drafts, maybe not the top guys, but two mock drafts that had Kyle Hamilton falling down to the Philadelphia Eagles with their first pick at number 15. Between you and I, if it were my mock draft, there's no way. He's not, not making it out of the top five in my mock draft, so there's no way he comes down to the Eagles at 15. But at least you want to dream the dream that the Eagles wouldn't have to trade up to get him, that they could sit there and wait and take the best player at a position that they have a need who I could make an argument for is the best football <clears throat> player at number 15 and Kyle Hamilton at least did me a solid by not not uh burning up the field in uh Indy this week he didn't run all that fast to 40. Yeah I mean what he run four five nine what was it yeah was that... just just yeah. under four six that's when when you've got corners and say and the other safeties out there running sub four three Four five nine is actually pretty damn slow. Yeah, well, you know that's one of those things where a little bit slower than I would have liked. No question about that. Yeah, I, I'm, 
you know, I'm torn. You know how I feel about Kyle Hamilton by now, Jody, but I'm torn on, you know, where he should go because of the fit and, you know, are they going to use him correctly? So I guess my answer to that would be, well, if you're going to stick him up in too high safety and he's running a four or five, nine, maybe you got some issues. And unfortunately there's too many teams that would want to do that. And that's so, you know, Kyle Hamilton to me is like such a layered evaluation because you have to have the defensive coaching staff that realizes he's a moving piece. And then if you start to realize that, well, four or five is pretty stinking good for a linebacker. If he's playing up near the line of scrimmage, if he's playing, you know, physical slot corner, it's not as big as an issue. If he's coming off the edge, if he's blitzing, it's not as big as an issue. Um, so, yeah. And then you talk about football instincts. That's the first thing everybody talks about. And the guy I always bring up because, I, you know, it was such a weird um, uh, dichotomy uh, when I was covering Jack Del Rio. I'm aging myself. But I always, you know, Jack Del Rio, I always say, was one of the best nickel linebackers I ever saw. And if he ran a five, Jody, I, I don't know. <laughs> Especially as he got later in his career and into his 30s. But, I mean, the guy was so instinctive. The guy understood what was going on. Maybe the better comparison um, more recently is Luke Keekley. Uh, was such a – just a natural, instinctive player. Um, you know, if you run a 4-4 as a linebacker, let's look at Davion Taylor, who ran in a 4-4s. Okay, there's missteps all over the place. What the hell does that matter? If you're 4-6 like T.J. Edwards – and you got instincts. Right. Who's the better player? Now, one, you know, and that's maybe I should have started there because that's so local and it's current. And you got one who's a third round pick because he can run. That's basically it. And the other who doesn't get drafted because he can't run. And the one who didn't get drafted because he can't run, and I put that in quotations, um, is the much better football player. And I got news for you. When people talk about ceilings, I'll say it right into the camera to Jody McDonald today. Mark it down with an asterisk. Davion Taylor will never be the football player TJ Edwards is. Never, never, never. And if that's the case, the Eagles should be thinking about potentially taking a linebacker. If they are going to keep tradition going and not take one in the first round, then second round, they need an upgraded linebacker. And hopefully they recognize that and uh, act upon it on this upcoming uh, college draft. All right. Another guy I wanted to talk about as far as defensive backs go, because they would last once ago. They went yesterday. They're fresh in our mind. And yes, the Eagles need to address defensive back a little bit more so it's safety than corner for me. You know, last year I was the guy who was probably acknowledged as the president of the Greg Ward fan club uh, that uh, myself and Merrill Reese are the two biggest Greg Ward fans in, in town. And I always bemoaned the fact that I thought the Eagles mishandled them, misused them and everything else this year. And it may be short lived. Uh, I'm probably the president of the Steven Nelson fan club that I think he did a damn good job for them, that I would try and re-sign him. Yes, they're going to go out and either take a cornerback in the first round or spend even more money on a different cornerback that they will judge as being superior to Stephen Nelson, which I need to see that guy uh, <clears throat> before I, I suggest that that's a smart move by the Eagles. So uh, mark me down as a Stephen Nelson fan-type guy. 
But if they don't bring back Nelson, then they absolutely have to take a cornerback in the first round. And we get responses here on Bird 365. Our stream guys were great. My calls to WIP, other calls to WIP. Everyone thought, oh, Sauce Gardner could be a nice fit for the Eagles. They could they get Sauce Gardner at number 15 or 16, a plug-and-play guy. In no shot. Much like I think there's actually no shot for Kyle Hamilton uh, dropping down to 15. There is no shot that Sauce Gardner is coming down that much. He absolutely wowed him at the combine the last uh, day. And here's the one thing I would say about Sauce Gardner, because I had seen the guy in the uniform. I would not seen him at the combine or whatever. I'm waiting for the Eagle Nation guys to say, wow, we can't draft a skinny kid like that. And they should be the same exact guys who question whether Devontae Smith could step into the National Football League and uh, play because Stiff Wynn comes by, uh, Devontae Smith could get picked up and drop back in Alabama. Yes, he is not the biggest player in the National Football League. He's just a player. And I'll say the same about Sauce Gardner, but I saw him on the field over the weekend. He's as skinny as uh, Devontae Smith, Johnny Mack. How can he possibly play in the National Football League? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, you would think they'd get over that in Philadelphia. You're right. He's not going to be there at 15, number one. So, you know, I, I, I was talking to one scout specifically about Gardner. Now, here's my concern with Gardner, and it's, you know, more of an early concern. First of all, well, I have a lot of concerns with corners in Philadelphia. You know, you have to have Darius Slay. You have to have a Darius Slay mentality because you're going to get killed. You're going to get killed in this town playing cornerback because you're not allowed to play cornerback in the modern NFL. They make everything so difficult for you. Even the best corners um, get beat and they get beat pretty consistently. And the best example of that is the NFC Championship game followed by the Super Bowl when the best corner got roasted twice, Mike Evans in in, in uh, the championship game, um, Jamar Chase in, in, in the Super Bowl, and that's Jalen Ramsey. That's the best corner. That's the best corner in the NFL. Deion Sanders doesn't exist anymore. Um they, they have legislated that out of the game. So in a, in a market like Philadelphia, when if you get taken in the top 10, now they're going to start this process at, at 15, 16, and 19, uh, as always. Um, I, that's where they're going to start. If they want to trade for somebody like, like Sauce Gardner, they'd have to move up probably. Yep. You know, late top 10, 9, 10, somewhere in that range. Very similar to Devontae Smith. So once you place those expectations on top of the kid, and that's the one thing you mentioned how skinny he is, very similar to Devontae Smith as well, but he's really physical. And I got one guy telling me there's going to be flags of plenty early in his career because college is different than the pros in a lot of ways. One of the ways for corners, they're allowed to be much more physical at the college level than they are at the pro level. And they have a really difficult time sort of finding that balance. And, you know, three, four years down the road, it probably won't be that big of a deal. But if he were in Philadelphia and all of a sudden the flag started to come and he's getting beat and he's a top 10 pick, man, it would get ugly. I, I you know, it, it's not the right way to think and Howie Roseman can't think this way. 
But if I'm the Eagles and I'm I'm top 10, I know this is a different market than everywhere else. I don't even think about taking a quarterback corner in the modern NFL. And they would have, by the way, Jody, they would have taken a corner last year if one was on the board. Right. Uh, it just so happened the board fell yeah. eight, nine, the two best corners just happened to get picked up right before, which I'm okay with that because not that they're not good players, and I think they're gonna be good players. It kind of pushed Howie Roseman into action to go, damn, both of our corners left. What am I going to do? Oh, let yeah. me trade up. Let me get Devontae Smith, which got Devontae Smith here to Philadelphia. So even though it was uh, maybe a little disappointed in the moment, good for Howie Roseman. He, acted, he reacted quickly and got a very good uh, deal done. And, and I think it worked out for him because yeah. I, I do not think it would have went as well. I mean, people in Philadelphia already love Devontae Smith. I do not think they'd be in that scene. Now, they're both great players. Now, Horn got hurt early, so we don't know. And that's the guy the Eagles would have picked, first and foremost. They liked him better than Patrick Sertan. Now, you can make the argument, doesn't mean he's going to get hurt here. Sertan is, you know, going to be a very good corner. But, man, I just don't think it would work in this town. I just don't think. here's, Here's the problem, John. Everything you just said is correct and right, and I think you've got your finger on the pulse of Eagle Nation and how they respond when players do what they're going to do on the field. Somebody's got to play cornerback. Either you, me, or some other one of uh, however many hundreds of thousands of people would be better at it than either of us. Someone actually has to go out and play corner for the Eagles next year. So they're going to have to deal with, A, the rules of the National Football League, and be the slings and arrows of Eagle fans. Howie Roseman can't just say, well, listen, we want to play <clears throat> nine on nine. We don't yeah. really want to put anybody out there yeah. on the corner. because no, and, and that's why I said fans. he can't. Somebody's he... got to play corner. You might as well get the best one you can. Yeah, and that's why I said he can't think the way I, I'm thinking. And he wasn't, to his credit, last year. As I said, he was going to take a corner. And he went out and traded for Darius Slay. Um, and Darius Slay is as good as you're going to get in this town. I mean, that's it. That is the, you know, that is the apex of the of, of, of the modern cornerback in this town. That's as high as you can go. Um, so they already got a high-level corner. Um, and then they were able, as you mentioned, to fill in well uh, with Steve Nelson. And, and by the way, I think they're drafting a corner. I think, you know, whether it's McDuffie. You know, if if they stay in 15, 16 and say trade out of 19, I think they're going edge rusher and corner. So they're going to draft one and you're going to see it live in living color. And I think whoever that poor kid is, is going to have some uh, hurdles early in his career. And we saw it to a a little bit to a lesser degree with Sidney Jones and and Rasul Douglas. And Sidney, you know, also had the injury issues on top of it um just really really difficult really difficult position to play anywhere but especially in this town and who the eagles going to take with that quarterback pick here's one thing i can guarantee you it's not going to be sauce gardner he will not be there by the time they pick no. he will be well gone at a time he was ranked above that line uh coming into the combine and the impressive combine that he had uh, is meaning for me that he's going to be a top 10 pick. So the Eagles have no chance to get a guy like that. I know people uh, and Eagle Eagle Nation, I think, prides themselves on the fact that they are pretty good scouts. 
that they pay attention to college football, that they watch college football before we ever get to senior bowls and combines when guys further their resume by looking good, playing good, opening eyes. Uh, I'll give Eagle fans a lot of credit. I was getting calls on Sauce Gardner back to November and December. Eagles need another young quarterback. This kid in Cincinnati is a player. They correctly identified him as someone who would make the Eagles better going forward. The problem is that the Eagles actually won nine games, so their pick wasn't that good. The Dolphins got hot late. That pick turned out to be only okay. Yeah, the Colts choked it up late, uh, so their pick is where it's at. Oh, yeah, none of the three Eagle first-round picks is going to be high enough to get their hands on a guy like Sauce Gardner. All right, a lot of positions we need to break down. You got the Monday after the Combine, before the NFL year starts underway week here on Birds 365. Uh, we will get uh, a guest up later on in hour number two. We haven't talked to him in a while. Maybe it's because he shuffled off the Buffalo. But he was an Eagle guy for years for the Allentown Morning Call. Nick Fierro is going to hop aboard. Uh, he's going to talk all things NFL with us. We'll get his Eagle take, even though Buffalo is his number one ballywick these days, writing for the Sports Illustrated Buffalo Bills uh, website. Uh, Nick Fierro a little bit later. More with Mac and Mac coming back next. Here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
He is John McMullen. I am Jordan McDonald. That makes this Mac and Mac Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Johnny Mac, what do we want to tell our loyal streamers? We want to say like, share, subscribe, and do it quicker than who was the Baylor corner that ran the four two three? Almost oh, broke yeah, the record. Almost broke the record. Just I forget missed. his name, but uh, I do know he was not even the best corner on his college team. So that tells you what uh, 40 times mean. You're doubting his 40 times going to move him up the draft board. I do want to talk about, uh, and please, like, share, subscribe. Uh, your boys need some help with their algorithm, whatever the hell that means. Uh, so do that uh, for us here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, a couple more uh, D-back notes. And then, yes, as we usually do. Oh, and- by the way, Jody, Kalen Barnes is his name, 423 Ran a four two three forty, the best corner on Baylor, and some people think will be a safety in the pro level was Jalen Petrie. So, uh, P I T R E. So, um, but he ran a four two three. John Ross, of course, still has the record at four two two. Will that record fall? If it was going to fall. Chances are he's going to fall this week because, as I mentioned in the first segment, I think it was a quote-unquote fast track this week. But I had a bunch of guys close to it, but nobody actually beat the John Ross record. Um, but I want to talk about another guy who ran real well as far as D-backs go. Um, mentioned Sauce Gardner in the first segment that he uh, was thought to be a mid-first-round pick uh, after the performance he put on at the Combine. I think he's going to be a top-10 pick. He's that good. Sorry, Eagle fans. I don't know the Eagles in a being position to draft him. But I saw now th- th- you'll remind me if you and I talked about this or if I had this conversation somewhere else uh, in my broadcast uh, maneuverings. A poor man's it's a sports phrase that's used probably a little too often. But like any sports axiom, there's a reason why it has <laughs> legs because there's something to it that you describe someone in a comparison to someone else who isn't quite as good but shares some traits that, oh, he's going to be a poor man's. And usually when you use that comparison, it's a guy who's been around before compared to somebody who's relatively new. I'm going to try and use it with two relatively new guys. I don't know if this is going to work. But if I told you Tariq Woolen, from UTSA, which would be the University of Texas San Antonio, is a poor man's sauce gardener. Would you buy into it, Johnny Mac? Because he's a relatively unknown playing at the lesser division, but very similar build and size, actually ran faster than sauce gardener did, put up a tremendous 40 time. Haven't seen much tape on him because. I watch a lot of college football, but I didn't Texas, catch San Antonio, Texas, not San Antonio. I yeah. missed most of their game action. So I'm going to have to do some work on tape on this kid. But he did look the part in the cornerbacks uh, uh, working out this weekend. I don't know that the Eagles would be taking him with the uh, 15th, 16th, or 19th pick. But could that be a guy in the second round? They could, If you can't get Sauce Gardner, get a poor man Sauce Gardner on this kid from Texas, San Antonio. Boy, well, I don't, at number one, I don't like going poor man's, like Sauce Gardner should be a poor man's. Uh, Somebody else, yes. Yeah. I, I know I'm, and, I'm Antonio and more. Antonio Cromarty is who I uh, heard, another uh, ex-Jets guy at, at, okay. at 
uh, is who I heard with Gardner. Uh, very similar. Is, is, is he going to be uh, populating whatever town he comes populating. into? <laughs> Not in that way, but who knows? Maybe in that way as well. I don't know. But, uh, you know, just size-wise and, you know, athleticism-wise, uh, that's I've heard that comparison a lot. But so, I don't know. If, you know, he's very long corner, very rangy. So if that's, you know, what you're looking for. I can't imagine. Yeah, I think the Eagles are taking a corner, as I said, in the first round. So I'm more in the McDuffie, you know, uh, uh, Andrew Booth range um, that they might be able to get in the middle of the first round uh, corner like that. Um, And then I'll probably double dip at the position in day three. I, I can't imagine... And I don't know that much about the kid, as you mentioned. I don't. I didn't see a lot of UTSA games in that, uh, you know, box window, uh, uh, national window. So I don't. I don't know much about him, but uh, I. I think they need somebody who would be more ready to plug and play because I do think they're going to, you know, obviously Darius is going to be back and Avante is going to be back as the nickel corner, and they want somebody to plug in as uh, the other starting outside corner. And then, Jody, they have like 9,000 young corners that they can already continue to develop. And, you know, maybe they hit on one of them, starting with Zach McPherson. But we know the names. Mac, Mac, we got to get Mac McCain on the show. They do Mac, Mac, and Mac. But not as much him. But you get the point. How many young corners they brought in. Tate Gowan in the Zach Ertz trade. Kerry Vincent Jr., you know, LSU kid. They got a lot of developmental guys. So I don't know if they need more developmental guys. They need more of a plug-and-play option sort of right away. Here's a guy who I think could be there. You threw out a couple of guys who they could be looking at, uh, Booth, uh, at the uh, spot that they're going to be drafted in the first round. What do you think the Eagles are thinking about Derek Stingley Jr.? Uh, before the year started, he was the unquestioned number one defensive back uh, rated uh, projecting into the draft this upcoming year. Major injury curtailed his season, didn't work out in Indianapolis this weekend. He's not 100 percent. And I can get out there probably on the football field and do some things, but he didn't want to come back and shoot the way all the other corners ran. I don't blame him for not running because he'd probably come in two tenths of a second slower and look real bad. Uh, but if you go back to prior to his injury, he was thought to be the number one D back in this draft. He's not going to go number one now. How far he's going to fall is to be determined. Um, give me your thoughts on the Eagles' willingness, and uh, you may have already answered the question when you talked about Metcalf earlier, willingness to uh, eschew physical concerns to just draft already proven untaped talent, but have to factor in the injury. How uh, do you think they look at a guy like Derek Stingley? Because people had him going in the top five, the preseason draft, mock drafts, and you can either just uh, blow those off or put stock into them. It's up to you. Um, what do you think about a guy like Derek Stingley in the middle of the first round? There, the Eagles have certainly shown a willingness to uh, draft injured players. They did it last year with 
Landon Dickerson, who had the significant, significant injury history. But every situation is different. I mean, they did it with Sidney Jones. Now, they might have learned something with Sidney Jones and the fact that, you know, his was an Achilles uh, at the cornerback position. That's a really difficult injury for a kid that's going to rely on his speed and as athleticism as opposed to you think about all the ACLs and, and, and the knee injuries of Landon Dickerson, but, you know, he's in a phone booth all the time as an offensive guard. So maybe that injury isn't as serious as, say, a Liz Frank injury is for a corner, and that's what Stingley had. So I think that's one of the things, and that's we started the show. I said more than uh, the poor 2 3 the kid from Baylor ran, you know, Give me the medical salt. I don't care. Give me all the medical files and you keep your measurables. And I, and I would tell you because DK Metcalf is another example of a guy they eschewed on. They didn't take. Uh, and that was a neck injury, which is always very concerning and very uh, difficult to predict as you see by how it's, you know, kind of borne out over the years with DK. Um I, I will say the type of injury concerns me for corner. Um, but then again, you know, I I, I said if they're going to take a wide receiver, I I would look really hard at, at, at Jamison Williams Jameson because Williams. of the injury. And, and you're getting value, um, and you would be getting value with Stingley as well, who would be a top 10 pick if he didn't have the injury. So – it all comes down, and that's what, it, you know, Arstut Denota is a name that most people don't know. He leads, is sort of in charge, the Eagles' chief medical officer. He's in charge of all that stuff. He's got a bigger imprint on this when it comes to the injured players than people realize. You take your information, how you can get it, and put it into the hands of people you trust, and that's how you put your draft board together. All right, uh, putting the draft board aside. For a couple of minutes, because we always mosey on back to this area, uh, the conversation on quarterback. We don't believe the Eagles are going to take a quarterback in the first round. Uh, honestly, and we talked about this the end of last week because the quarterback went uh, earlier in the week at the Combine. Nobody wowed me. Uh, Pickens with the best of the group, uh, but they didn't wow me. Malik uh, Willis didn't wow me. Matt Corral didn't even work out. Uh, Sam Howell <laughs> can't make shots on Nick Sirianni's basket, so you got no chance of him landing here. Uh, the Nick, the 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 Eagles just—I do not believe—are going to get a quarterback in the first round. Second round, we we'll talk about that when we get there. But it's going to be Jalen Hurts' job, or is it? Um, a Philadelphia Eagle legend in this town. Uh, I saw this week uh, speak on Jalen Hurts, and I. Don't know that I'd ever hear, heard him uh, give as much of a scouting report as he did. Uh, Ron Jaworski, I saw on a clip on NBC Sports uh, Philly this week, uh, surprised the heck out of me. He basically said, you can keep Jalen Hurts if you want, but here's how high you're getting. You're never getting here. He's a nice, solid quarterback. Yeah, nine and eight. They're about... That's what Jalen is. He doesn't have a bad floor. You want to stay solid. You can stay solid with Jalen Hurts for a decade. But if you want to get up here, Jalen Hurts isn't taking you up here. 
it was pretty, I would say, harsh criticism of Jalen Hurts' potential upside and that uh, Jaws wasn't signing on to him to be the Eagle quarterback going forward any more than this upcoming year, which brings us back into the conversation of all the other quarterbacks around the league. Um, first, let me ask you this. George is a good dude. George has been on with us here on Bird 365. Been a while, probably eight or nine months, nine or ten months, but uh, it's as solid as it gets, and no one works harder at breaking down film than Ron Jaworski. So when he gives a scouting analysis, I pay attention because I know how much time and effort George puts into doing that aspect of his job as a broadcaster and like the uh, breaking down of film. So he's looked at plenty of film of Jalen Hurts, and when he says he doesn't see upside, that does scare me a little bit. You're surprised that Jaws was as, uh, uh, I'm looking for the right word to describe it, just unvarnished in his uh, evaluation of uh, the Eagles starting QB. No, not at all. Um, I've heard it from another uh, a number of people and I'm glad and you know I wrote about this on Sports Illustrated uh, today and I'm glad Nick went public with it in Indianapolis because I was telling people last year look behind the scenes uh, Nick would tell us the four ways you evaluate a quarterback and he, he said it's accuracy decision making movement skills arm strength in that order, one, two, three, four, in that order. And he also said, number one, accuracy is by far the most important. Then I thought it was interesting uh, because he he went, as I said, when he he talked in, in uh, and this is one of the reasons, by the way, I wanted to have Nick on because we, we talked about this last on the show last week and I got it on Twitter. And everybody goes, what about Josh Allen? <laughs> what about Josh Allen? And, well, we always talk about it. The exception isn't the rule. The exception proves the rule. So then I was listening, you know, obviously all the head coaches uh, and GMs, most of them, uh, with the exception of Sean McVay and a few, you know, Bill Belichick's uh people like that uh, talk at the combine. One of the guys I was listening to, is Kevin O'Connell because Kevin O'Connell was interesting to me for a number of reasons. One, for people that don't know, he was a quarterback. He was a third round pick uh, of New England, 2008-ish range, somewhere in there. Uh, was a third round pick, you know, turned into a journeyman. I think he went to five, six different organizations, played about five years, never developed into much. And people, and he said, you know, people made it quickly early in his career. You ever think about coaching? Coaching. You know, because he was such a smart guy and he had everything else. He had everything else to be successful at the NFL level. So I'm trying, let me pull up his quote. And remember, this is a guy, he's got no, you know, skin in the game when it comes to Philadelphia. He's not talking about Jalen Hurts. He's not asked about Jalen Hurts. He said, I really do believe having attempted to play quarterback in this league myself and not ultimately achieving that goal because of the fact I wasn't accurate enough as a quarterback. I think the number one for me now that I look at veteran quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, I evaluate them 
throughout any process is they need to be naturally, and that's the key word for me, that was the key word for me, naturally accurate. Um, now, I've heard Nick say these things, again, behind the scenes, very, very similar things to the point they could have been, you wouldn't know who was saying it. Um, the other stuff the Eagles have already about but people, we had this discussion and I, I tell it to everybody. You can argue about arm strength with Jalen hurts. The Eagles have already identified. He has the arm strength to make every single NFL throw. They don't care. So you can argue about it. They're not arguing about it. As far as the movement skills, we already know he's top five. He's one of the best in the NFL. As far as decision-making, that's the kind of thing that improves with experience. Now, the longer you play, the game slows down for you, you know, and you get to the point, and you hear it all the time from opposing defensive coordinators. You heard it this year when the Eagles were playing Tom Brady. What did you hear from Jonathan Gannon? He's seen it all, right? Uh, you can't fool him. He knows what's coming. That part can improve dramatically the decision-making as the game slows down for you. What rarely ever improves at the pro level is accuracy. And again, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have Nick on with Josh Allen. But even today, when people act like, and they say, what about Josh Allen? I got it on Twitter. What about Josh Allen? All right, give me another guy. Give me another guy. Give me 10 guys. What? Yeah, Josh Allen was able to do it. And by the way, Josh Allen isn't Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. He just got to a level where he was able to, to be turned into a superstar. And he is a superstar. And he is the MVP in the MVP conversation. Still not the most accurate guy in the world. He's unique in the fact that he's 240 pounds and he's got this these unbelievable movement skills and he's turned into this sort of unicorn. And people say, what about Josh Allen? Well, I say, what about the 900 other quarterbacks like Kevin O'Connell couldn't do it? All right. Well, I'm coming down on the side of, I guess, everybody else other than John McMullen. And I'm sure you have others that agree uh, step for step with you on this. Um, it is rare. Um, but I will not say Josh Allen is the lone guy. I'll give you the guy, Johnny Mac, and we got to turn back our thinking a little bit to a decade and change ago. When we were leading up to the NFL draft in the year that Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers were thought to be the top two quarterbacks, right up until draft day, there was debate as to who was going to be the number one pick. It was going to be a QB. Everybody expected that, just didn't know who was going to be. And the 49ers decided to go with Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. Most people thought Aaron Rodgers would go shortly thereafter. And then on draft day, he just kept getting passed and passed and passed and passed and passed. And he got down so far that the Green Bay Packers, already with Brett Favre in tow, said, we just can't pass on this value. He's too talented a player. We have to take him. And they did, and they ended up sitting on him for three years and then plugged him in, and all he does is win uh, MVPs. And is a guy we're going to talk about coming up next year on Birds 365. That was the knock. Aaron Rodgers had the better arm than did Alex Smith. The only question was Aaron Rodgers' accuracy. 
He could throw it with the best of them. He could spin it like nobody's business. But people question his accuracy, and a whole bunch of teams passed on him, which they now all should regret for uh, pick after pick after pick in that first round. And Aaron Rodgers went to Green Bay, under not under Favre, because Favre didn't care with one about teaching anybody anything. Uh, but the Green Bay coaching staff, he worked hard. He got his chance. And he's one of the most accurate quarterback throwers in the history of the National Football League. But there were people questioning his <clears> accuracy <throat> when he came into the league. So it well, can happen. I'm, I'm holding out hope. Maybe I got the eagle-colored glasses on. But I'm holding out hope that he is one of those rare birds that given enough work, and we know he's going to put the work in because he's got the right attitude, that he actually can improve his accuracy enough to be an above-average accurate quarterback? Well, a couple things there. Number one, I, I just use Josh Allen's not the only one. There, there are better examples, but it doesn't happen. Um, he's obviously the most recent. It doesn't happen often. Now, you yourself, by this argument, and I got to admit, I got to go back and look at some of these uh because the minute Aaron Rodgers hit the field, he was accurate in Green Bay. Now, granted, it was three years later. Three years later. Three years later. Now, I think he was drafted in 20, 2005, somewhere four or five. So we're going back almost two decades. And, you know, so we got, okay, we got Josh out. But let's stipulate that he had some accuracy issues, which, again, that could be a misevaluation because the guy showed up on the field and he was throwing darts. Jalen Hurts has showed up on the field. He's not throwing darts. He's not accurate as a quarterback in this league. So that's a big difference as well. But but even if you stipulate that a lot of people said he was inaccurate, again, it could be a misevaluation or it could be, you know, the unicorn. I got to tell you, you know, I got I for the for the reason if anybody said that they misevaluated the player because I don't even think that's a comparison with Josh Allen because Josh Allen is not one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not top 10 when it comes to accuracy. He's probably middle of the range, middle of the road, which is good from where he came from when he was at Wyoming and what he came into the league as. It's a really significant, significant improvement that you don't see very often. Aaron Rodgers is one of the most accurate quarterbacks who ever lived, who ever lived. So if anyone said that about him, and, to, and I'm not saying they didn't. I can't remember, you know, they just misevaluated the stinking player. I mean, that, 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 I, you, you, you don't go from, you know, top five to not accurate to top five accurate all time because that's where I think Aaron Rodgers is. So I don't know. People can hold on to that hope, but – and again, it was late and it never happens in, in, in the modern NFL. And, you know, we're only going back two decades, but that kind of tells you, Jody, how things have changed in two decades. You're not drafting a quarterback in the first round and having him sit three years uh, in the NFL might happen in green Bay out of necessity. If Aaron leaves and they got to start Jordan love, but you don't do, that's not your plan. And guys are thrown into the fire. And maybe that hurts. Maybe that hurts them. But that's just reality of the situation as well. Right. So. But here's, here's the way I look at it. Aaron Rodgers had three years to work on his accuracy. Whether it was right, wrong, or indifferent, that's what happened. We're, we're not evaluating 
did Green Bay handle it right or should it have been done that way? We can absolutely evaluate all the teams who, in 2020 hindsight, should have called Aaron Rodgers' name out prior to. And if they misevaluated his accuracy and what that's why they passed on, shame on all those teams. But here's what we know. He had three years to get his accuracy together and get out there on the field and start as one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. You're right. Soon as you plug them in, you watch the kid play, you go, damn, this kid can throw it on a dime. But he had the three years. Jaylen yeah, Hurt well, that the, you can't. Jalen Hurts know. should get the three years, too. He's only had two, and he was force-fed oh, probably he... a little ahead of when he should have <clears> been asked to be a starting quarterback in this league. That's the point I'm trying to make, that it sometimes takes time and I'm willing to go Jalen Hurts another year. Well, you started this out. you started this conversation with Jaws and you're asking you were surprised why Jaws is where he is because Jaws is a quarterback. He's seen it and all he does is study quarterbacks and he's going over and and he's going over it in his mind in the years and years and years and he's saying the same thing that Kevin O'Connell is saying. He's saying the same thing that Nick Sirianni is saying who didn't play the position, but has coached the position. Um, the reason these guys say it is because, you know, everything in sports is odds, right? Draft picks, you know, you try to, you know, what what are my odds to get the best value at this position? That's what analytics is, essentially. All the available information tells you it doesn't happen very often. That's all. <clears throat> so when people give their evaluation like Jaws, and maybe I'll try to get him on the show um, to give him to explain it because I can only speculate, but I know him well enough to know that he knows it doesn't happen often. So that's probably where he is. So he sees a kid who isn't accurate enough. And then the assumption is he's going to be accurate enough. And it just doesn't happen a lot at the NFL level. And again, I'm going to get it on Twitter as soon as this show is over. What about Josh Allen? Well, we spent a segment last week talking about Josh Allen. We're going to do it again this week. The exception isn't the rule. The exception proves the rule. But here's, I, I'm just suggesting there could be more than that. Of those four things, you ran down the Sirianni four things, and he is not alone. A lot of people probably use these criteria, uh, movement slash mobility, arm strength, accuracy, and decision-making. Of those four, I think there are two that you basically can't improve on. By the time you get your 21, 22, in some cases like Kenny Pickett, 23 years old, when you get into the league, you've already established certain things, and you're not going to get better at 24, 25, 26, 27. I think arm strength is one of them. I think your arm strength is what it is. By the time you finish your college career and stepping into the NFL, there's not going to be a great improvement in arm strength. The only guy in the last 20 years that I can think of who fits that for me would be Tom Brady. And he was just a monster work ethic guy. And maybe his body had room to still grow. And to his credit, he did all that and became an above average arm strength guy. I don't believe he was that when he came into the league. He's the only one that I can remember in my evaluations of quarterback over the last 20, 25 years where I said, Wow, his arm wasn't all that good when he came into the league, but by year three, four, five, six, seven, eight, he had a hell of an arm. That I don't think improves, and we already acknowledge, at least the Eagles do, and I agree with the Eagles, he's got the prerequisite arm strength. So in an area where you can improve, he's already got that. Um, 
as far as uh, uh, mobility. Again, who gets faster when they get into the National Football League? Either you can do it or you can't. Either you can make plays with your legs or you can't. That doesn't improve. So the two areas where there is really no room in my in my estimation for improvement, he's already checked the boxes. The other two, I think, certainly in one more so than you, which is accuracy, there is some ability. Not great. I'm not saying, oh, my God, you can go from the least accurate quarterback to the most accurate quarterback if you put in a time. No. It, the needle doesn't move much, but it moves. The first two categories, I don't think you can move the needle at all. The third one, accuracy, you can move it some, and we'll find out Jalen can or can't. And decision-making, I know for a fact that you can absolutely become better because the more you do it, the better you get at it. It's just an experience thing. So that's why I'm probably a little bit more pro-Hertz than some others. If those are the four quarterbacks we're going to judge, a four categories that we're going to judge a quarterback by, and Sirianni does, and I think it absolutely fits in judging a NFL quarterback. The two areas where Jalen can be judged as being lacking after two years in the NFL are the two that you can potentially improve on and the two that you don't have the ability to move the needle. I think he's already got checked, which is the reason why I'm still willing to go to bat with this kid. Yeah, well, the Eagles are going to go to bat with him. The only question is, you know, again, and I think that's the larger conversation. If the path unveils itself to get better, they will take it. If it, it, the most likely it's not going to do. So they will try to maximize what they have. And that's what you should do as an NFL team. So it's not by any stretch of the imagination, the Eagles aren't going with Jalen Hurts in, in 2022 or don't want to go with Jalen Hurts in 2022. If they can hit the home run, they'll step up and hit the home run. As far as the evaluation, look, this is how the Eagles evaluate the quarterback. Um, and they're not the only team that evaluates the quarterback. And as I said, they've made the, uh, the assessment that he's got the arm strength to do everything he needs to do. We all know, we all saw it. He's, as far as movement skills, um, and you're right, decision-making is the part that, in, in theory, you can improve on the most with experience and, and, and reps, and we see it all the time with veteran quarterbacks. The game, as I said, slows it down. And then, you know, I also bring up the four, because Nick has said, you know, the first two are far more important than the last two, um, and, and, and that's accuracy and decision-making. Those are... That's where the superstars become superstars in this league. Um, See, and that's, that's, that's where I flat out disagree with Sirianni and or anybody else. You have to have arm strength. If yeah, you don't but have once arm you, strength, but Jody, you're missing the part. He's hit that level. And once you have the default level, no, it doesn't here, matter as much. He's all, they've, here, already, here. they've already ascertained he's hit that level. That's like when we talk about the measurables, when we're talking about the combine. Once you have NFL athleticism, okay, now we can start talking about the important stuff. They've already said he's got that. That's not an issue. That's not an issue for them. He's got that part of it. And once you have that part of it, then the other stuff, then you can look. If you don't have the arm strength, you can't play in the NFL. You and I can't play in the NFL because we don't have the arm strength. I can't be a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball because I don't have the arm strength. But if you hit that default setting, 
and you have it, then the other stuff becomes more important. That's all Nick's saying. That's all uh, the Eagles are saying. That's all basically the rest of the NFL, Kevin O'Connell, everybody else is saying. Look, we'll stipulate to that. He's got the arm strength to be successful in the NFL. The other stuff becomes more important. The decision-making. Now, you can improve arm strength a little bit. It usually is tied to mechanics. But you're not going to show up. You're not going to be a Raldis Chapman fastball. You know, you're not going to go from the junk baller to the guy throwing 104. But you can you can improve a little bit with mechanics and things like that. But again, they've already ascertained that he's good enough from that perspective. So from their thought process, can he improve here? Can he improve there? And here is decision making. There is accuracy. And if we go back to Tampa Bay and the last time we saw this team, you got to be honest. Well, you don't have to be honest, but most fans should be honest. It was not up to snuff. It's fair of the Eagles to say this is not where we want him to be. That's all they're saying. But it's a constant evolution. And if you're Jaws, you're probably going, you know, that's a guy who played the position at the highest level. By the way, had a strong arm, uh, really strong arm. Um, Doesn't think he has the accuracy. All right. Here's here's the point I was trying to make. And maybe either I mistook what you said or um, you, you, you were reacting to something I said and mistook what I said. I'm just talking about overall, not in a vacuum with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, evaluating quarterbacks. If you don't have the arm strength, you said these two are the most important things. And maybe we were just referencing uh, Jalen Hurts for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I thought you were just talking about in general. If you don't have arm strength, you don't even get into the conversation. It has to start there. If you do not have the arm strength to be a quarterback in the National Football League, I don't care how good your decision-making is. I don't care how good your accuracy is. I don't care how good you are in mobility and the ability to make plays with your legs. Arm strength is numero uno. You have to have that to begin with. And as you you said, the Eagles believe that Jalen Hurts has already checked that box. Good, fine, we move on. So then we go to the next step. But what you said was, and that's when I started to interrupt you, you said the two most important things are accuracy and decision-making. And I was attempting to disagree with that because for me, it's all got to start with arm strength. If you don't have arm strength, if you can't throw the football correctly in the National Football League to beat the kind of defenses, the talented defensive backs they have, can't play. Doesn't matter. You can be the greatest decision maker in the history of the National Football League of quarterbacks. If you got a rag arm, you're not going to be a QB in the NFL. So that was well, the yeah, point and I that's was why. And again, it's not what I'm saying. It's what the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles is saying. But Nick will also say, um, "Look, everything." And again, that's why I put the caveat on. You got to have a default setting to be an NFL athlete in any position. At any position, you have to have certain athletic traits to be able to be in the league. But once you hit that bar, the other stuff becomes more important. That's what Nick is trying to say. Once you hit that bar, and I talked about it at linebacker at the beginning of the show with T.J. Edwards versus Davion Taylor. Look, Davion's a better athlete. T.J.'s a better football player. 
um, at the linebacker position because they both hit the bar to be NFL athletes. One's a better athlete than the other, but they both hit the bar and the other has the other attributes to be a better football player. In, in the case, in the specific case of Jalen Hurts, which is what Eagles fans care about, and that's who Nick was talking about, yes, they've already stipulated he has reached the bar. So for them, when they're evaluating their quarterback, the two most important parts by far are accuracy and decision-making. And that's most NFL teams because you're not going to be in the NFL if you don't have the arm strength. Then there's an occasional, you know, if you're down to the fourth string quarterback in COVID years and you have all these injuries and, you know, there's certain guys who probably don't reach that bar and you're only throwing them out there for a week to try to get to the next week and try to get somebody past COVID. But it rarely happens. I mean, there's rarely an NFL quarterback who doesn't have an arm to be in the NFL because they're in the NFL. That's, you know, I mean, that's, and that's what they're saying. Look, they've already weeded those guys out. I mean, if they don't have the arm strength to be on the field, and that's one of the things that I, I, I forget the kid's name that everybody was excited about uh, that they brought in for, rookie mini camp and some people thought he was going to be true what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Drafted. He was the transfer. He's going to go to Georgia. Oh, the kid from Georgia. Yeah, what the yeah. hell his name? Wade Forrest. Uh, I'll think of it. You know, he showed up. He didn't play. Didn't even look like he could throw it in NFL. And he was here for two, three days. You know, they weed those guys out pretty, pretty quickly. So once you weed those guys out, you start talking about, uh, you know, do they have the other stuff to be successful? And it's not just Nick, man. They're they're. It, it, I can't think of any coach when they're talking about quarterbacks that they're not going to put accuracy on the top of the list. I mean, that's just what it is. Uh, as I said, disagree with you, him, and anybody else. It starts with arm strength. If you don't have arm strength, it doesn't get to accuracy. It, 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 the, the process has got to start somewhere. 
you can have the most accurate quarterback. I, I, I use this guy as an example all the time. Maybe it's my jet. Chad Paddington may be the most accurate quarterback I ever threw in my uh, saw throw in my life. He was never going to become a franchise quarterback because he couldn't throw it well enough. It has to start with arm strength and all the other stuff falls in behind. Uh, we'll come back, talk about some of the guys, as John said, finding a path to improving on Jalen Hurts. A couple of quarterbacks were in the conversation in that mode over the weekend. Mr. Rogers in his neighborhood and Mr. Watson in his lawsuits. We'll talk about both them when we come back here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Steve John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. We're your back on that, guys. Uh, we got an old bud joining us in. About 15 minutes from now, Nick Fierro covered the Eagles forever for the Allentown Morning Call. Changed his beat. He shuffled off the Buffalo, uh, like John, a Sports Illustrated guy these get days. So uh, we'll talk Bills, NFL, and Eagles with Nick Fierro coming up about 15 minutes from now. Um, one last thing on evaluating quarterbacks that we were talking about before the break. And thanks to all our guys on the stream who have chimed in with opinions and the like. I know I mentioned this to you last week, and I think it bears repeating. 
when we talk about arm strength, John, I think most NFL fans and some of the guys here on the screen are kind of showing that tendency, and I just think it's misplaced. Think arm strength is determined by who can throw the ball 50 yards down the field on a bomb to a guy who's streaking down the sidelines. That is part of arm strength. It is not the sole determinant of arm strength, although listening to some football fans, it sounds like that's the only thing that they look at. To me, the ability to throw a 20-yard out to a guy who's going to do a toe tap on the sidelines is a much more on-point determinant of whether you have arm strength or not because you have to be able to throw that ball on a line. There's no touch involved to a down-the-sideline, toe-tapping, 20-plus-yard throw. That's where you really determine arm strength. Number two, even more so than a bomb to me, would be an, again, on the line, across the middle, put it on a dot pass to a guy as he's coming across the field. That's showing arm strength. Not, oh, my God, let me throw bad. I, 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 throw it 60 yards in the air. Oh, that's arm strength. No, it's not. Uh, arm strength uh, is the ability um, to throw 15, 20-yard passes on a line to a guy and hit him right in the hand. I'll never understand why people think that. And I know people think it. And I just asked them a simple question. You know, how many times do you see Aaron Rodgers throw it 70 yards down the field? in a game in a year how many times how many times you see him throw it on a line as you mentioned then ask yourself what's more important it's nice if you're down to a Hail Mary situation and you got to throw it from your own 35 and you can reach the end zone it's nice it's nice and there there are a few guys who can do that and Jalen Hurts isn't one of them but that's not what they're talking about when they talk about the default line for arm strength. That's not what the Eagles are talking about. They're talking about the throws you're talking about, Jody. Um, that's the far, far more important. And by the way, most deep throws in this league, most, not all, but the vast majority, it's about timing and it's about getting the ball out on time. It's about giving the receiver an opportunity to go run under it and make a play. It's no, it's not, it's not about who can throw the football the farthest. You're playing a carnival game. Right. Uh, just to, again, add one more point of reference. The uh, 75 yard game is much more often coming off a three-step drop or a five-step drop where you're throwing the ball up, trying to hit him in stride with timing. You got to step on the defense back. Exactly. Yes. That's more. That's where accuracy comes into play sometimes more than the spot on throwing 10 yards important. across the middle. Of the and that's why it's more important to coaches. Play. That's why it's so important for coaches. Because so much of the modern NFL, especially, has become yards after catch. And you want to hit the guy in stride. You want to give him the ability – you want to give the playmaker in space to be able to, you know, set, you know, started really with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, seven yard slant, boom, 80 yards, you go to distance. You look at the box score, oh, 80 yard touchdown. That's good. 
ball was seven yards in the in the air. Seven yards yeah. in the air. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And oh, by the way, if anything, it's now more prevalent in the NFL because you don't have to fear the guy getting wiped out by a defensive back. Yeah, they've taken that out of play because uh, a defenseless receiver guys don't have to worry about that in the back of their head like they used to in Montana's day, and he was still capable of doing that even back then. All right, uh, the now uh, if you go into if you want to go into YouTube wormhole, watch some of the Rogers stuff when he throws uh, the ball in the basket from 40, 50 yards away. Now that's stinking impressive, but you know, Rogers is Rogers. Yeah, exactly. Um, what, it, how did you describe it? Oh, uh, find the path to get better at quarterback, the Eagles. One of those paths is to Sean Watson, who we've talked about on Finitum here on the show. We will continue to right up until the draft day, which is how many days now? 40 something. April days? 28th. So where right. are we? Uh, I think we're looking at like 48, 49 days, um, somewhere there about six or seven weeks. It's it's still over 40 days away. But Deshaun Watson, if you want him, he's going to have to have some serious legal issues cleared up in the next 40 days. And he's supposed to be deposed sometime later this month. My suggestion, my prediction would be he's going to decline uh, because they believe that uh, all uh, criminal charges will be decided by then. The grand juries will be back, and they will either decide to press charges or not press charges. Uh, I'm glad Rusty Harden knows that because I don't know that. I, I just don't. I, I'm kind of seeing where the Miami Dolphins came are uh, coming from this week. Greer, their general manager, came out and said the door is closed on a Deshaun Watson trade for the Miami Dolphins. The you notice Howie Roseman didn't say that. Yeah, Howie did not. Uh, the door is closed for the Miami Dolphins, which if you're still a big fan of Deshaun Watson becoming the Eagles' next quarterback, which I can understand it in one light but not in another, if that's the case, because if the three major players who are available, at least as per rumors, Rodgers, Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Watson's the youngest of the three. The other two are into their 30s. Rogers is well into their 30s. Deshaun's the only one still in his 20s. So if that's what you're determining of the three, who would you most like to get? Give me the youngest guy. Well, and Deshaun's your guy. Yeah, I think the Dolphins are onto something here, Jim. I don't think it's going to get resolved in time. No matter how much you like him, no well, matter how much he's the youngest yeah. guy and he's the, uh, uh, the, the most desirable one in your evaluation, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think the the Texans are actually you, you, screwed because I don't, I don't think I don't, they're going to be able to move Watson. You're right. I mean, the Texans want it done by March 16th. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, Rusty says April 1st. We'll see. Like, I have no way. Maybe he knows when, as I said before, when the grand jurors are changing in Houston. Maybe it has something to do with that. Um I don't know. He claims the criminal part of it's going to be wrapped up by April 1st. If that's the case, um, then I think there's a legitimate chance he's traded by draft day. So then you start the conversations. All right, where's he going? Now, I say the same thing about Philadelphia. I'll say the same thing about Miami. Chris Greer can say whatever he wants to say on March 7th, wherever we are, whenever he said it, March 4th. He's not under oath. He not can change oath. his mind at any point. <laughs> can change his mind at any point. I do find it interesting, though, that he was concrete. He was like, no, we're not going to go down this route. I forget the exact quote. You might have it. Door is um, shut. Door is shut. 
He was very emphatic when people are saying, well, Joey Roseman said, no, read what Howie said. He was not that emphatic. Um, you know, pointing out the realities of situations, very unlikely. But, you know, I think Aaron Wilson came out again today. Look, the Eagles have had investigators in South Texas. They, they've talked to Rusty Harden. Um, they're trying to get as much information as humanly possible on this particular situation, which tells me two things. Well, one, I already know Jeffrey Lurie gave him the green light last year. Doesn't mean he gave him the green light this year, but they're sure acting like it because they're still doing the due diligence. So that's number one. Um, The second part is, you know, why bother? Why bother? It, 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 you know, you can say the Eagles, and they do, and it's fair to say they call about everybody and every free agent, and they want to gauge the market. But this goes far past that. I mean, they've done a lot of work on on Deshaun Watson trying to figure out the situation. There's too much smoke uh, to this, Jody, and that's why people won't give it up. And, you know, whether it's Albert Breer, as I mentioned um, uh, Aaron Wilson, John McClain, uh, who's probably the best of them all in Houston. Um, look, I mean, we should, we should reach out for John this week. Cause uh, we haven't had him on in uh, three or four months. And, uh, as, as long as this conversation is going to continue, we got 40 days to get him on before the draft. Uh, he's a guy that we absolutely should effort to get on cause he's come out with us before and is a good dude. Um, but let me let me make it a question for you. If Rusty Harden is wrong about the fact that the criminal charges will either be levied and or dropped by April 1st, April, whatever the date is, let's say it gives you a week's leeway time between uh, when that date hits and the uh, first night of the NFL draft because, oh, the Texans are going to want first-round picks. Um, if it's not... If they don't have a uh, definitive uh, decision on whether he's going to be criminally charged or not, should the Eagles trade for him? No. Um, I don't think so either. Unless those criminal charges are off the table, I don't think anybody's trading for him. I think, you know, and this is where it becomes more interesting. because we can talk about far off places. We can talk about Miami. We can talk about Carolina, but now the Washington commanders are in the mix and people have said, you know, and you can say, look, they have their own sexual assault allegations to deal with. And I've heard people say, well, they can't do this. They can't do this. Well, they can do whatever the hell they want. I mean, and can you imagine, again, this is not, I'm not talking from a moral sense. I'm talking purely from a football sense. Can you imagine with dealing with Deshaun Watson twice a year in the stinking division, if he's clear and playing for that team down I-95? That'd be a tough pill to swallow if he starts playing like Deshaun Watson played in Houston. I mean, Washington has made it very clear they're going after a quarterback and they're talking about everybody, everybody, and specifically Wilson and Watson. But, man, that would be a tough, tough, tough.
tough thing to deal with. If, if they got one of those quarterbacks and the Eagles weren't able to get one of those quarterbacks. And I hear what you're saying, John, and it would be a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> However, and this is a tenant that I've clung to 30 years doing sports talk radio. The worst way to plan an off season is to say, we can't let this happen because it would do something for another team. If we don't, well, now, I agree you with play, that. you play defense, you're dead. If you're starting to plan your, your off season moves and there's nothing bigger than the quarterback position by saying, we need to do this because if we don't, another team that we have to play too often will, you're dead in the water, as is. You're right. It could be a decade of, oh, my God, Deshaun Watson is killing us. Not once a year, not tw- every year, twice a year. But when you do when you do your business that way, it's a absolutely disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. The Eagles can't do their business based on what Washington will do. But with these two specific players, and again, they're they're different questions. Uh, obviously, Watson, you know, you got to bring in the PR hits, the the morality of the situation. But there's, again, just from a football perspective, there's no doubt about these two players. There's none, and I'm talking about Watson and Wilson. So it's not like you're saying, "Oh, this is a bad player, but we're going to take him because we think he might hit with the Washington command." No, you know. You know what they are as players. So it, 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 I agree with your overall sentiment. You can't worry about other teams. But this isn't about, you know, somebody with upside or somebody that you think might turn into something down the line. These are proven players, proven players. And I think it's a curveball in the situation, to be honest. They both already have uh, resumes that, yes, you would have to say would upgrade the Philadelphia Eagles at the quarterback position. All right, Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen, Jordan McDonald here with you. Coming up, we're hoping to talk to Nick Fierro. You know him forever, covering the birds here in uh, the area of the Delaware Valley with the Allentown Morning Call. He's doing his football writing these days for Sports Illustrated, covering the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, we'll bring up Josh Allen when we get Nick on, but a couple of different things uh, that we can get into with Nick Fierro, who joins us scheduled at least next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate you streaming on in the Birds 365 with John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are joined by a colleague, a guy we haven't been able to punch up in a couple months. He's so busy covering the Bills. Uh, we waited until after his season was over and done with so we can talk Bills and make him walk down memory lane with the Eagles with us. And all things NFL as well uh, from Sports Illustrated. Nick Fierro joins us here on Birds 365. Nick, you're looking good, buddy. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Hi, guys. Good, good to be back on the show. Good to see um, you, Nick. I assume you ran back from India in a 4-4. Uh, yeah. Everybody's running 4-4s. Four how, how much value do you take out of the the underwear Olympics out there yeah. and, and what it means to actual talent evaluation? Yeah, I believe that um, these the great workouts at the Combine only really matter if you know, it's backed up or if it follows, you know, great film uh, from third playing, uh, it, you know, when a guy, if there are questions about a guy's athleticism, but he's done everything else, um, you know, and then he goes out and runs a good 40. Well, that's, that's a good deal. But, uh, but the guys that don't have it on the tape to begin with, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, how many times have we seen the guys that have come out and, and put up the real big numbers, uh, the, the real low numbers on the 40, they don't really have much of a career. Not a lot of them don't. But you know, if you have a guy that that uh, there are certain guys that do that can really help themselves, but they they've had a pretty good college career, I think, to begin with. Nick, uh, since the Bills had the record that they did this year, the Eagles don't have to worry about them stealing someone drafting in front of them in a given round. But the later pick in the first round could affect the Eagles' second round, and so on and so forth through the draft. What are the Bills looking to add with their first couple of picks if a legitimate player, value player, is on the board at that time at a position they have a need? Where are the Bills looking to go? Yeah, I think a lot of different – they can go a lot of ways. And um, and because even though there's probably not going to be a lot of openings on that team, you know, when you have a roster like that, they are, you know, on the verge of possibly losing a lot of unrestricted free agents. So they, they have some business to do. So, you know – 
they drafted, like, for example, defensive line, edge rushers. Uh, last year, they used their first two picks in the draft on edge rushers. They could go that direction again here with their first pick. Uh, I mean, it, when you think about it, it, it the quality of, of uh, defensive ends in this year's draft, pretty high. Um, I, I could see them actually trading down. But they could also go cornerback. I mean, cornerback's going to be a position in need for them because they, they could be losing one of their starters, Levi Wallace. Uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And Tredavious White uh, blew out his knee last year in the Thanksgiving game. You know, so that could be a one-year recovery or if not more. Um, and so, you know, they're going to need cornerbacks either way, I, I think. And so that that just kind of uh, adds to uh, to that. And, you know, they're still not done, I think, tinkering with the offensive line. They could go that way too. What, there's a lot of wide receivers out there. They stand to lose Emmanuel Sanders, who could retire. His contract is up. Isaiah Tom, Isaiah Tom, Isaiah McKenzie is going to be uh, his contract is up. Um, so they could be losing some wide receivers there too. And they, you know, I, I look at Jahan Dotson. You know, if they're sitting there, uh, uh, you know, maybe they trade down. Maybe he's not worth drafting at twenty-five. But I, I, I really, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly from listening to. Brandon Bean at the Combine, where he's talking about there's a lot of depth in this draft, in the middle rounds, and not necessarily maybe guys that are, you know, you know upper echelon top guys. I'm thinking maybe he tries to trade down, and uh, unless everybody else is trying to do the same thing, he, he might be successful doing that this year. Nick, there's a lot I want to get into you about the Bills sort of imprint on the NFC East now in New York. I want to talk about the unicorn that is Josh Allen with his accuracy because people talk about Chandler Hurts improving his accuracy. But before I get to that, I want to start, I, I want to rewind because I want to talk about those final 13 seconds because I mm. you did a really Good piece at si.com backslash NFL backslash Bills. I got to get used to that because I usually say Eagles. But, um, you know, Sean McDermott and accountability. Look, it was all there for the Buffalo Bills. 13 seconds. What what the heck happens at the end of the game? And you, you've said there's some whispers and, you know, Players saying, yeah, you preach accountability. What the heck? Why is there no accountability at the end of that football game? Yeah, good question. And and that's when I think it's going to be a problem for McDermott unless he gets that team, you know, into a meeting room and uh, turns on the video and says, here, uh, anyone have any questions here? This is my thinking here. This is why we kicked off through the end zone. This is why we played soft defense with 13 seconds to go and allow the team to go 44 yards in two plays. And when you get, you know, you give Hall of Fame receivers or tight ends or whatever, you know, uh, free releases off the line. And why we're rushing four at the quarterback. Why? I mean, there were 13 seconds to go. You don't need to rush anybody, really. I mean, he's got to get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly at that point. Um, there, there were a lot of faulty decisions there, uh, miscommunication, dysfunction, however you want to say it. Um, you know, players were, were kind of confused. And you know, Sean McDermott saying to us now, telling us, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, account of it. It's, uh, it's it all starts with me. That's great. That's Andy Reid stuff. That's, you know, football 101. Nobody really cares about what he says to the media, but the players care about he sent them home the next day. They were locker clean out day, you know, OK, like it never happened. And you, you can't you, you can't you have to be able to to, to put this uh, behind you. And yet you have to address that with the players that are returning. 
for the 2022 season. I think he has to do that because there, there was too many things that went wrong and it was not the players. I think they were put in position to lose that game. And really it was just, I'll tell you the truth. It was the whole game. The, um, uh, it, it wasn't just the, the final 13 seconds. This was the number one ranked defense in the NFL. They gave up 42 points. They never really made an adjustment throughout the game uh, against the Chiefs. They played soft the whole time, too soft. And, uh, you know, they, they couldn't mix things up. Look, you can play cover three, you can play quarters, but you can still jam guys doing that. You know, you might not be able to rush four guys doing that, but I'm just, I'm just talking about before the final 13. So you, you can do things that, um, you know, that, that can prevent receivers from, from getting off the line or, you know, whatever, but you can't just give them free releases the whole game. And that's what they did. And then they couldn't get them down either. Uh, that was a problem. Um, that was the problem last year too, uh, when they lost in the playoffs to Kansas city. So, but they finally, you know, even despite all that, they clear that hurdle. They score with 13 seconds to go on an unbelievable drive play. You know, Josh Allen, like you said, unicorn. We'll get to him, I'm sure, in a minute. And they can't hold that. With 13 seconds to go, there, there had to be about 800 things that go wrong for them to lose that game, and all 800 things went wrong. All right, Nick, I want, I want to get past, as you said, everything leading up to the final 13 seconds and the final 13 seconds and go to what transpired afterwards, which is kind of what decided the game, and that's overtime. Yeah. Because it became a major topic. Oh, it's so unfair that Josh Allen didn't get a chance after the showcase he put on. He's got to get his hands on the ball. No! Buffalo, keep him out of the friggin' end zone. Yeah. Real simple. Get a stop. You don't even have to get him off the field. They can kick a field goal, but then, oh, you put it back in Josh the Unicorn Allen's hands. He's going to go get a touchdown. That has been completely overseen because of the whole overtime controversy. The Bills couldn't stop him from going down the field. All right, maybe you pride check. You give up a, a field goal in 13 seconds. How about you come out for overtime with a little pride and get a stop and at least not let him into the end zone? I want the feel of Bills Nation. I'm sure guys respond to you on social media and or uh, comments after your articles and the like. Are the Bills fans more ticked off because of 13 seconds? And I would get that if that's the case. I would be more upset because, oh, by the way, the next week, same exact thing. Cincinnati Bengals lose the coin flip. Guess what? They got to stop on the Kansas City Chiefs. They got the ball and they ended up in the Super Bowl. Are the Bills taking the correct prerequisite amount of grief for allowing Kansas City to score that touchdown in overtime. Oh, you, you have a great point there. They're, uh, you, you know, I, I, well, first of all, I've never been in uh, a fav in favor of this NFL overtime rule. I've, I've always believed in, you know, both teams having a possession, but uh, regardless. But, Nick, but I love you. That's that crap. said, that's, I, that's no excuse. I mean, you know, but then again, if you look at it, those guys, by the time that overtime started, you're talking about a team that was dazed and confused. They got hit with an overhead. <laughs> they, they got hit with a – and they they didn't know what was going on. And you knew the Kansas City Chiefs were going to win that game. Uh, they, they were they were going to win that game. Even if the Bills had gotten the ball first, they were going to lose that game. It doesn't matter. Once that got to overtime, I, I felt that was over. And uh, they, they didn't know what hit them. They were they were literally dazed. I, I just uh, – I that was that was a horrible – the, the, the one of the worst things I've ever seen. The, those yeah. 
I mean, momentum is a real thing uh, because, you know, people bring up individual situations. You know, people thought the game was over in the AFC championship game. Kansas City got the ball. They won the coin toss. Everybody's up in arms again. And Cincinnati was able to stop them and, and go to the other direction. They win the football game. So you're right. I mean, I, I think that 13 seconds plays a big part of it because, look, you just snatched defeat from the jaws of victory and that has a, a, a mental effect on the players and they're kind of reeling but i do want to talk about josh allen for a couple of reasons nick one you were yeah you were obviously here with uh carson wentz and those two are similar from a size perspective they're both you know giant six five two forty um they both play the game sort of recklessly uh, for a lack of better term, they're just very physical. They're willing to take punishment. And you saw what happened to Carson. I mean, it was just never the same physically. Um, any concern around the Bills that the way Josh Allen plays, it's going to be a short shelf life? Sure. Um, every time we talk to Brandon Bean, he talks about it. You know, I, he doesn't come out and say, I'm concerned that, uh, you know, my quarterback might only have a couple more years left in the league, but he's, he's always talking about, you know, he cringes every time he takes off. He, they want him to get down more. They would prefer that he, he didn't run as much as he did. But then on the other hand, that's kind of what makes him so great. And so they want to have to balance that out. And that's what, and that's what they're in the process of doing right now is, you know, getting a really good backup quarterback lined up. You know, they had one last year in Trubisky, you know, fortunately for them, they didn't need him last year, but they they feel like they're not going to be able to get him back this year. Well, he's going to be a starter, Nick. Yeah. He's got he's got the big deal somewhere. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, and so, but anyway, that 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 is a sure he could end up. Let's see what happens because look, he's going to get injured at some point, right? Every quarterback yeah. gets even Brady. All those games he played, he missed a whole season one year. Yeah, and. Uh, it's going to happen. And, and if, if he doesn't bounce, if he bounces back the same way that Carson Wentz does, well, then we're looking at, you know, what do you got? Uh, I, it might, it might never be the same for him. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't see Josh Allen ever being like a, uh, a, a pocket quarterback, a, a guy that, that, that can really be great just doing that, like a Brady, but, or a Burrow, uh, Burrow taking all those hits, but he stays in the pocket. He just, I don't see that. I see, I see Josh Allen getting out and trying to do that. And if he can't do that, what kind of quarterbacks he going to be? But I will say this, he's got faster twitch than Carson Wentz. I think. So. Oh yeah. Much, much. Yeah. yeah I just so, size wise, they're very similar. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, you know, the arm strength too is there. He could throw the ball. He's almost about like Vic. Uh, I would say Michael Vick is the most impressive Athlete I've seen at the quarterback position, just athlete. But then, you know, Josh Allen, he might be number two. He's got a hell of an arm. We both agree on that. All right. Um, let me ask you about uh, – you talked about the wide receivers early. I've seen in the last day or two. Cole Beasley has been given permission to uh, negotiate a trade with another team, given his agent permission to do so. He's been one of the better slot receivers in the National Football League for the last two, three years. Um, know that he had a COVID issue this year, kind of outspoken about the whole thing, but I think that's much lesser a fact going into 2023 in the National Football League. Why are the Bills willing, ready, willing, and able to move off Cole Beasley if they've got other wide receiver questions they got to answer this offseason? 
Yeah, it just comes down to, I guess, money. And, um, you know, he's going to be uh, take take a uh, he's going to incur a big hit for them this year. And the way Bean has structured a lot of the contracts for the veterans is that, the, that they don't have any guaranteed money for 2022. So uh, it gives them the kind of flexibility to either renegotiate or, uh, you know, trade or release these players. And, uh, you know, uh, Beasley had uh, he matched his career high this year in receptions uh, with 82. But. He also matches career low, with 8.5 yards uh, per reception. And he's not getting any younger. He's going to be 33. Um, so, and maybe they feel like they are going to resign Isaiah McKenzie, and and or they're they're going to draft somebody like a Jahan Dotson or whoever, uh, you know, and get somebody more of a cost control contract. So, this was not really a surprise to anybody um, who covers the team. Uh, we were talking. A lot of us were talking about that. That. Uh, we kind of expected something to happen with uh, uh, with Beasley, and it, like you said, nothing to do with with COVID. Just because going into this year, I I don't think that's going to be an issue anyway. Are you as in awe of Stephon Diggs's route running now that you get to see it every week as I am, Nick? I, yeah. That guy, that guy is unbelievable, and uh, does his ability to move inside and outside affect? I mean, great slot receiver, but he can play all over the field. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's – the route running is, you know, the, the biggest thing. Um, you don't have to be the fastest guy, you know, or the quickest guy, but if, but if you run routes precisely, if you understand defenses, you're, you're going to get open, and, and he does that, and he, he provides such a uh, – you know, it's no coincidence that Josh Allen's career really took off yeah. once they got a real accomplished guy in there. Now, you could argue that, you know – they traded away the, the first round pick to Minnesota and turned out Minnesota, to be Jefferson. They, they, they drafted Jefferson. But um, I think, I think this worked out well for both teams. And I, and I think uh, they needed a guy like Diggs, maybe even more than they, they needed Jefferson. And who knew, who knew what Jefferson was going to be at that point. So they, they got what they needed. And um, yeah, they're they're And they're going to have to work something out with him too, because He's got a big cap hit this year. I think they like to kind of lessen that, and they, they probably uh, need to, to work to redo his contract. Not give Nick, him less, but, you know, maybe extend him. Nick, should the Eagle fans be worried because the New York Giants spirited out of Buffalo the two number twos on the Bills staff, number two in Power Broker, uh, and shown as the new Giant general manager, and number two on the coaching staff table, uh, behind uh, Shawnee Mack up there, did the Giants upgrade their main builders in New York with ex-Buffalo guys? Uh, how how good are these two guys shuffling off from Buffalo, coming down to New York to take on Eagles twice a year? I think they probably did upgrade, but you know it's funny. I heard some things. Uh, so not everybody is on board uh, in the NFL. I was I was just hearing some things at the combine, you know, about Dable, you know, because Dable's had kind of a spotted. Record, uh, he's uh, he's been great when he's had great talent around him, like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Not so great when he hasn't been. You know, he's he's been around for a, for a long time, and and it wasn't like he's had a great track record the, the whole time. So, uh, but but uh, Joe Shane, I mean, um, yeah, they they really like him. That they uh, they they think that you know he was going to be he was going to be a GM somewhere, and obviously wasn't going to be with the Bills because he's blocked. You know, so. Uh, they that's that's what happens. And, and I think they're going to try to maybe use the Buffalo model. But I think I think the Bills kind of feel, you know, they lost some coaches to the Giants, too. 
They lost their <clears> offensive <throat> line coach, but uh, and they lost their their offensive coordinator, obviously. You know, and and uh, but I think that uh, they did well with their replacements. Um, Ken Dorsey. Um, a lot of people think he's he was kind of the brains behind the whole thing anyway with Josh Allen. And now he's the offensive coordinator. And Allen was the guy who really wanted him in there. And uh, and I think they made a really good hire for their offensive line coach in bringing back Aaron Cromer, who was their offensive line coach before a couple of years before McDermott took over. Um, so uh, yeah, we're not really sure. Nobody's really saying what happened with the special teams coordinator Farwell. You know, he's with Doug now in the in the. Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Uh, once he pushed out the door, that he quit? I, I probably pushed out the door because they had that announcement of his replacement within one hour of, of, of oh, yeah. news of him yeah. breaking, leaving. So I think that those things went hand in hand. But uh, and that had probably had to do with the, the kickoff and miscommunication there. I, I, but again, they're not saying and I don't care that they don't tell us, but he's got to address this with the player. He's just kind of treating this like like it never happened. But um, yeah, yeah, the, I th- I think the Bills feel better uh, about their their staff maybe going into this year than they than maybe the, than they did last year. All right, I want to tie this in. A lot of people, have, uh, Nick, have have put two and two together and and think the Giants might bring in Mitchell Trubisky to at least compete with Daniel Jones and and let. Um, you know, the winner come out uh, through legitimate competition because uh, uh, Dable's there and Shown is there. I want to talk about it, though, as far as accuracy because, you know, Mitchell Trubisky managed to rehabilitate rehabilitate his reputation in Buffalo. Didn't play, though. I mean, you know, all, all, all we don't know what went on behind the scenes. We do know Josh Allen arrived – as the seventh overall pick wasn't very accurate. And you know, you've been around this league a long time, Nick. Coaches always say, if you're not accurate, you're probably not going to get accurate at the quarterback position. Josh Allen has mentioned, has managed to turn that on its head. That's big because we're here in Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts, that's the knock on Jalen Hurts. He's just not accurate enough. Yeah, people say if you're not accurate, you can't get accurate. Well, Josh Allen get got accurate. How did he do it? Yeah, they they made some changes to some little tweaks to his mechanics, and of course, he has that personal quarterback that he works with, uh, Palmer. I can't remember his first name. It's Carson Jordan? Palmer's brother, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Palmer, and, and uh, he's he's uh, really helped him a lot. But Dable talked about some of the things that they did, like change his arm slot a little bit, maybe change his footwork a little bit, but. The, um, yeah, they, uh, they, they, it's the same thing that happened with Carson Wentz, um, the, the, you know, in between his first and second seasons, um, they, they did some things and, and I don't know how much more accurate he got. Actually, he probably, he, he probably completed less. I, I don't know if you can go by the com- completion percentage. And, and when you look at Josh Allen's completion percentage, it's certainly not the greatest in the league, but he, he is a lot more accurate now. A lot, and, uh, he'll, he, he will miss. I mean, you, you know, he's not, I wouldn't call him, uh, you know, a, a top five quarterback in terms of accuracy. You know, he, he'll miss. He'll, he'll make a lot of unforced errors. But his arm strength is, is so so great that, you know, his arm talent, he'll just, he'll just compensate for a couple of bad throws with just something unbelievable where he can't, you know, nobody else can even get the play off. And then he'll put it on a dime 50 yards down the field. So – um, yeah, they, they uh, but you you mentioned unicorn. Yeah, I, I don't think there's too many guys that, that are gonna you know m- make that conversion. 
So is Jalen Hurts going to go the route of Josh Allen? I don't know. And even if he does, he doesn't have that kind of arm. That's, Nick, that's what worries me too. He doesn't have that that real, you know, bazooka on his right shoulder. Yeah, but his arm strength is uh, strong enough. John and I talked about that extensively before you mm-hmm. came on here today. Um, let's lend Howie Roseman and your guy up there being in Buffalo a, a helping hand. Um, and I feel really bad doing this because I'm kind of undercutting a Philly guy and a Temple guy, no less, because that's my daughter's alma mater. Um, how happy are the Bills with Deion Dawkins as their left, left tackle? And if it's not 100%, Johnny Mack, favorite. Andre Dillard could be available this offseason, even though he was a first-round pick here. Mr. Mylotta has already cashed in and is locked in at the left tackle position for the Eagles for years to come. Uh, How much interest could Buffalo have in acquiring an offensive lineman if the Eagles are willing to move some of their depth from there? Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. I think they're pretty happy with Deion Dawkins. I think he had a pretty good year. Um, You know, he... He, he was really he, – he might have been in the worst shape of anyone in, in getting COVID. Uh, he was hospitalized. He thought he was going to die at one point. Um, this this was in the preseason. Um, and he, he came out of it. He was kind of weak to begin with. It took him a while to get into it. But I, I think they feel like, you know, he's going to be their guy. But he even mentioned that he might not be there because in addition to drafting two defensive linemen last year – they drafted two tackles, the offensive tackles last year. And, you know, one, one of them was starting and Spencer Brown. And the other one, Tommy Doyle, came in as an extra lineman a lot in a heavy package. He, you know, was kind of like a tight end, but he and uh, they really like Doyle. So, you know, maybe maybe it comes down to the fact that Doyle might be in the future, too. But them trading, I, I don't see them tr- making a trade uh, for for. Uh, for another lineman because because just because of their situation and with Dillard though I like Dillard you know we talked John you know I've talked to this I think he could play and probably even if the Bills think he can play I don't know that it's worth them you know moving any kind of uh draft capital or whatever to, to trade for him yeah he he played he he got a little opportunity when Lane Johnson had his issues uh, Jordan Mylotta got banged up played pretty well I think the Eagles will be able to get a day 3 pick for him we'll see how that shakes out but last one for me Nick and I want to encourage everybody to read Nick Fierro uh late of the Allentown Morning Call but now doing his uh thing for si.com backslash nfl backslash bills um so you can read Nick there. Um, you've been around this Eagles team. We'll get we'll get you out here on an Eagles note. Uh, okay. You saw them from afar last season, but pretty solid first season for Nick Sirianni. What, what did you think of this team and and their ability to get over the hump in the first round of the playoffs? Um, yeah, I, I really thought they did better. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs right up until the end, you know, and then. But things kind of shook out for them. And even their defense, you know, as bad as, as they played at times, you know, statistically it came out okay. You know, they came out in the probably in the upper half with things. They couldn't stop Tampa Bay. And, I, and I'm still, you know, we talk – I think we were on talking about this going in. Like they should have taken – and I, I was mentioning this before the game, you know, a week before the game. If you win the, the coin toss, take, take the, the ball. Jody loves that. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to get behind a team like Tampa. Yeah. You know, maybe get up because you have such a good running game. Maybe try to try to do something that way. They didn't do that. 
he played the analytics game a little too much, but look, I mean, it, it worked. And, um, you know, he's got, the, I think he's got the guys playing behind him. Uh, you know, they, they have, they play for him. That's really what counts now. They, they have to get some, you know, they, they need a lot of players on defense, don't they? I mean, yeah, if, they do. If, they, if they get, yeah, I'd like to see what they can do. You know, if they could get an extra pass rusher or we're talking plural pass rushers, linebackers, safeties, they might be losing both their safeties. Right. Um, you know, uh, and if, if they could do that and, and, you know, maybe add a receiver too. Um, they got a great year for the rookie, but they probably need a little bit more. I, I like to see that. And then of course I'd like to see Jalen Hurts. I, everybody wants to see Jalen Hurts do well. I, I do. I really like him. You know, we talked about this before. He's one of the few quarterbacks that came into the league where, you know, he's got the intangibles. You just don't know if yeah, he has the other stuff. Yeah. It's usually the other way around with guys. Yeah. I think he can do that. Um, I think he, he will be, become a good quarterback, but, but you never know there. And they're, you know, their commitment to him is not, you know, they're, yeah. they're fully behind Jalen hurts until they're not behind him. <laughs> Until, we, we, until all of a sudden Deshaun Watson becomes available and, all of a sudden, <laughs> and the criminal cases are thrown out the window and, and then it doesn't matter what happens in the civil, uh, they're going after him or, or, or whatever. But, um, you know, that, that's the way that goes. But uh, uh, did you see him shooting hoops at the, at the combo? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. He, 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 had that. I mean, he was making a, a ton of them there. That's tough to do, though, those little things. The little nerf hoop. Yeah. yeah. Nick's spending too much time with that because he's <laughs> really, really good at it. Uh, we haven't used the word defer in almost six weeks on the show here. You had to bring that up and rub salt in the wounds. I'm a Sirianni guy, but he still ticks me off the fact that he just automatically says, yeah, we defer. Uh, but we'll defer on this final question, Nick Fierro, because I remember last time we had you on, you said, oh, come on, but I got to be in the car. I got a tea time. I'm getting out there to the golf course. And your FaceTime held up well on the show that day. But when was the last time you swung the golf club with any anger at a little white ball? Um, it was like early last month. Uh, we had like a, a couple of days that were, you know, like 50 degrees and we were able to sneak out. Really? But it's been a while. Only only maybe twice in January and uh, maybe a few times in December. But it's been a long time to, for me. Um, so, and, and probably not going to get out there this week. I mean, today it's really nice, but the 40 degree wind or, or 40 mile an hour wind. Woo. Yeah. So I'm not going out and I don't even think I want to go to the driving range in that. We'll see. <laughs> well, it depends where, what the, you know, you can get 40, 40 yards on that drive. Yeah. If the wind's if going the, the wind right is way. Blowing in the right yeah. direction. You want to get out and go, yeah. yeah, I hit it 300 and change today. Uh, Nikki, great stuff. Appreciate you catching up with us. Thank you very much. You know, we'll be tapping into you down the road again. When you do get out there, hit them long and strong. Sure, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Nick. Nick Fierro, covering the Bills these days for Sports Illustrated Forever. Covered the Eagles for the Allentown Morning Call. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac. Time is nigh. We're uh, <laughs> running out here. We'll come back and put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, your Maga Mac cards 365 guys uh, running out of time here. For a Monday year together. All right, J Mac, we're going to finish on this note. And I'm going to ask you this question today. And I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is going to be, but maybe I'm misinterpreting. Uh, and then the answer will be gotten over the next 22 hours before we get back here on Birds 365 again. And if it hasn't been answered, I will ask it to you tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday Uh-oh. and for every day this Uh-oh. week until we get an answer. As we noted at the top of the show today, we are now just one week away from the NFL's greatest oxymoron, legalized Legal. tampering, where you can talk to free agents, but you can't sign them till 48 hours later. It's the most ridiculous thing the NFL does every single year. Not the fact that they give you a chance to talk, but to call it legalized tampering is just idiotic. Um, but it is what it is. We have all expected that the Eagles will know by then when legalized tampering begins whether Jason Kelsey will be a Philadelphia Eagle or not because you have to have cap flexibility and he's got to restructure his deal if that's the case. So we're down to a week. We've been waiting weeks. The coach referenced it last week saying the keg had been delivered to his house to entice him to return to the Philadelphia Eagles this year. We're at day one of the final week, J-Mac. Will today be the day we find out whether Jason Kelsey is starting center for the Philadelphia Eagles this upcoming year or starting the next chapter of his life? Uh, I believe he's coming back. Uh, And I believe that for a while. 
I think, you know, if anything, he's been healthier this year than he has in past years. I think he enjoyed himself. I think uh, with COVID easing, uh, you know, getting a little bit easier, and we'll see how that goes, of course. But it certainly looks like things are going to be better. Uh, that makes it all more fun for Jason Kelsey. And that Novacare Complex Cafeteria, I talk about it all the time. It's pretty stinking good. So, by the way, I also have to defend the NFL. I hate doing this, Jody, but that's a media creation. The NFL does not call it legal tampering. That's just somebody said that one day. It is an oxymoron. They call it just a negotiating period. So I, I do, it's not their fault. I don't know whose fault it is, but somebody came up with that legal tampering oxymoron, and it is an oxymoron, but they don't call it that. Everybody, you know, a, I should say officially they don't call it. Everybody in the industry calls it that. I don't know where it started. Okay. No, I've never seen a statement from the league saying this is not accurate either. So if you don't want to pin it on them, that's fine. That's your call. They haven't deflated it. So well, I'll no, say, I just I'll mean say they, guilty by association. That's, well, they put out their official calendar and, you know, they just said, it, I'll read it to you. It says clubs are permitted to contact and enter into contract negotiations with the certified agents of players who will become an unrestricted, unrestricted free agents uh, upon the expiration of the 2021 player contracts. But, you know, that's not as fun as legal tampering. So okay. somebody called do, it do that. They, do they label it at all? No. No. They don't okay. Label well, then, like I said, they have not denounced it. So I'm going to continue to point the finger of guilt at them. They're, they're in uh, conjunction with whatever idiot media member uh, made that up first. And it has gotten legs in a shelf life. Uh, I'll try one more That's time. You case. didn't answer my I'll question. Is yes. today the day no. that Jason Kelsey no. says, today I'm back or I'm today. gone? Today is not today. March uh, 16th. Where are we? March 7th? Uh, no. He'll do it. I'm going to say March 14th. Well, 14th is the first day of call it whatever you want. Yeah. The ability to negotiate with players but not All right. sign them. I'll go period. March 13th. How's that? March so he's going to do it on a Sunday after or before church? Well, I don't have the calendar in front of me. Uh, we'll know about it March 13th. Okay. Well, uh, then we've still got several days to wait. And, oh, by the way, I'm going to ask you the same question tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. If you're right, that we don't find out. Well, I, the think day we already, I think we already know. As far as officially, yeah, it'll be closer to the deadline. Right, it'll be closer to legal tampering. Which is the biggest oxymoron in all of well, I'll take credit I, for it. I, I don't know I, what goofy media member came up with. I will, I will Google that as soon as the show is over and try and find the guilty party, whoever coined that phrase. But the NFL has not debunked it, which I think they should yeah. have. All right. Uh, we didn't debunk anything. We just gave you Eagle content for the last two hours. Hope you appreciate it. J-Mac, I'm good for coming back in 22 hours. How about you? Let's do it. Day to day, but let's do it. Today has been one day. Tomorrow will be another here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? 
Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support, the new Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.